Welcome to a weekly look at all things high school sports around the South Plains. Powered by the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. Here's the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. Hello and welcome into the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. I'm Mike Graham, joined as always by Brian Navarrete. Brian, how's it going? It's going well. We got some uh, playoff stuff coming up, and I'm excited for that, as well as, you know, state tracks right around the corner. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, still a very busy time. Uh, high school baseball playoffs kicking off on Thursday, running through Saturday. Area round of the softball playoffs, and I think we'll hop back and talk a little bit about regional track and, and regional golf. But I think I think the big place to start is just now that our diamond sports are kind of getting into the biggest part of their seasons, and since they're active this week versus golf and, and track and field, I, seem, I think that's a great place to start. And by the way, later on in the show, we'll be joined by Lovett Cooper's Liz White. They got a big win in uh, the bye district round against Canyon Randall, heading off to play El Paso Hanks this weekend. Uh, but I guess we'll start at the top with uh, high school baseball, and um, just want to get your thoughts on, on what's going on and, and what we're looking at this year. And I, I think the best place to start is what teams do you think are going to go pretty far in the postseason? Let's just put us on the spot right now. Okay. Um, friendship, Coronado. I think Lubbock Cooper has a pretty good chance in the playoffs, as well as uh, Leveland. Leveland's a good team, a scrappy team, you know, that we saw in district. Shallow Water's another one. Estacado has been really surprised. Or they really have been doing well this Absolutely. year. So I could see Estacado potentially moving on. But, yeah, maybe the bigger one uh, – uh, shallow water has been, been really impressive as they always have been um I, I feel like i'm just naming off all our teams here but new deal and abernathy i see them all just collectively moving past this by district round um post like i said i don't want to get to a point where i'm naming off all of our teams basically but it seems that way that yeah. our teams are going to be pretty good post 19 one and one and into a uh new deal that could be a really fun series if they get to each other at some point yeah. in the postseason, and they will. If, I if think they've they played each other before previously. Yep. Um, yeah, Shallow Water, I think we were well documented on. And then Friendship, looking at their uh, matchup against El Paso Coronado, should be a good one. And uh, we'll just run through the schedule real quick. Friendship versus El Paso Coronado will be played at Pecos High School. Uh, game 1, 1 p.m. Friday. Game 2 <laughs> on uh, noon Saturday. And as always, Game 3 for any series will follow 30 minutes immediately after game two, unless otherwise specified. Yeah, if necessary. Uh, uh, one thing I did notice today, because we're, we're kind of compiling some information for banquet purposes, uh, and, and I don't know if this kind of tells you how good the Friendship Baseball team has been this season, but they've had over, wait, uh, four, pla- no, they have exactly, I believe, four players that made Athletes of the Week. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it's it's a very solid baseball team. Obviously, we heard from Coach uh, two weeks ago. Uh, go back and listen to that one if you're interested because it's still pertinent at that point. They had already clinched the one seed out of 2-6A. Um, El Paso Coronado, the fourth seed out of District 1. Um, to save time, we'll just we'll just lift, list off the matchups. Coronado 18 and 13 versus Canyon 20 and 9. I think that might be a trap series. Yeah. Or actually a trap game. It's a one-game playoff that will be played uh, 5 p.m. Friday, and it's at Canyon High School. It's We were talking about this before. Um, with one games or one game series, it's it's always a bit of a gamble, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's baseball. You know, even you see in the pros, the worst team in baseball will beat the best team in baseball. Yeah. You know, every once in a while, probably like 
one out of five times. So it's it's always uh, risky. But there there are teams that really thrive in that environment. You were telling me about Shallow Water and how they like to do one game playoffs uh, when, when they know that they're yeah. the favorite team. I can't remember it. if that was the last year or the year before, but that seemed to be the the model that they were following at the time. Mm-hmm. Didn't uh, get that in their series versus uh, Amarillo River Road. But they are heavily favored. This is a twenty-four, one and three team going up against River Road, eighteen, seventeen and one. Um, I, I think we should kind of explain the process. Coaches in both baseball and softball have options mm-hmm. when uh, deciding what they're going to do up until the uh, state tournament, which is just a you know yeah. a one-game elimination kind of setting. Um, but in all the rounds before that, you get to choose three games versus one game. And I think if, if they can't agree on anything, it goes to a one game. But normally they get along and they can agree for three, and then uh, location becomes a secondary concern. Lots of neutral sites and lots of home-and-home home series, especially when you have these kind of Lubbock and Amarillo and Lubbock and Midland-Odessa kind of first-round matchups. Yeah. Uh, personally, the, the one-game series, I'm, I'm torn in between in terms of if I was a coach, my mentality is – just get it over with. Like, save your, save up your arms. Don't <laughs> do anything too crazy, and just get it over with in one game. But at the same time, you might need that. You might need another game because let's say uh, you're favored in a game, but you drop the first one. It's kind of a shocker, and you can bounce back from it. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if the games are on different nights. So, say you drop game one. Well, you go to bed, and you know that you're gonna have to bring your A game the next yep. day. And I think I think there's a lot of strategy to it. Like if you're a you know, let's say you get to dissect what yeah. went wrong that day, mm-hmm. and, and just like like let's say a river road eighteen seventeen and one versus twenty four one and three, um, you might just think, well, maybe we'll get lucky in this one and, and do it. We'll throw our ace and we'll give it our best shot uh, and get through them. Of course, they <laughs> ended up settling for a three game series, but but then you look at it also like you know you know we might win, but they have a better ace than us. Uh, so we'd like to kind of ride them out. We'll take the loss in game one, and we'll come back game two, and then yeah. hope we have more pitching depth than them in game three. I'm very much a person that believes fortune favors the bold, so I think when it comes down to it, I'd be okay with a one-game series as a coach. Back to the pairings. I already covered friendship. They're playing El Paso Coronado at Pecos, Coronado versus Canyon, um, 5 p.m. Friday at Canyon High School. You've got Lubbock Cooper versus Plainview. I'm very intrigued by that one. I'll be out there. I believe on Friday, if not definitely Saturday, if they continue. Plainview showed up in, in district. Three. They really did. I mean, they they were two and I think fourteen when uh, mm-hmm. three five A started. Really turned it around. Finished third in that district. Very good district. Finished behind Randall and Amarillo High, both very established programs. Moving on in five uh, A, you've got Monterey versus Randall. Should be a good series. Um, Level Land versus Dalhart should be Level Land. Estacado versus Pampa. You've got Denver City versus Perryton, Lamisa versus Bushland. You've got Shallow Water River Road. You've got Slayton versus Childress, Roosevelt versus Tulia, New Deal versus Smyre, Abernathy versus Tahoka, Sundown versus Floydata, Post versus Lockney, and at the 1A level, Spring Lake Earth versus O'Donnell. And this is really where 1As get to shine because they have to play 2A baseball yeah. uh, in, in the league for the season. Usually doesn't go well for them. I mean, Spring Lake Earth is 4-13, and 13, O'Donnell's 3-15. and 15, But they really get to shine once they get into their own setting. And that's always fun to watch. And it's exciting because 
you know, you only have about 11 players on the team. You have to be smart about how you're managing your players. And that helps in the long run, especially with the management purposes. But one game we did miss was Idaloo versus Dimmit. Right, Idaloo versus Dimmit. And, uh, you know, kind of looking at it in big picture. I did I, miss that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's Idaloo 14, 14, and 1, Dimmit 17, and 12. Yeah, when going back to the 1A, you know, uh, facing stiff competition early on, and throughout district, I think bodes well for you once you hit the playoffs in any sport. But in this one, they face some big arms or bigger arms and some some pretty deep depths, you know. So, it, I like you said, I think this is definitely where 1A teams start to shine. Any of these series, do they stand out to you other than what we've already oh, talked about? Um, outside, I, I say the big one for me, and we did talk about it a little bit, but I want to kind of go back um, – Cooper Plainview, I think this is the game to get out to, definitely. I think it's going to be a very good game. Um, let me see here. I think New Deal Smire intrigues me. Not me. <laughs> I think I think it'll be a good series. Leighton um, Reed is uh, pitching lights out for New Deal. True. Um, they're outscoring everyone. I mean, this is a team that's 21-2. and two. I think the two-way matchups are the ones that – I'm looking forward to outside of that Cooper Plainview game, Abernathy, Tohoka, Sundown, Floydata. Now, Sundown, Floydata could be a really good game, too. Floydata had a really good district run. They really did. Uh, you know, finished third in, in tough 2 3 A with that. I mean, that was New Deal and, and Abernathy that they were contesting with. Which Abernathy versus Tohoka, another good one. Yeah. Absolutely. I think just all in general, our Lone Star Varsity uh, Class 2A. Um, games are going to be good ones. But if you're looking for one to come out or go out to on Thursday, Cooper Plainview. <laughs> and then softball playoffs, just the pairings, and then we'll dive into this. Friendship versus Keller, that'll be very interesting. That's a 4.30 p.m. game Friday at Cohoma High School, and it's a one-game series. Uh, and very curious to learn how, how that came to be and why they decided to do that, <laughs> other than, you know, it's kind of a pain for both teams to, to meet in the middle um, at the 5A level, Lovett Cooper versus El Paso Hanks. And once again, in a couple of minutes, we'll be joined by Liz White from the Lady Pirates. You've got Lubbock High versus El Paso East Lake. Lubbock High really came to play in their first round series. Mariah Garza, fan 14 in uh, their series clinching win. You've got, at the 4A level, Seminole versus Monahans. You've got Leveland versus Midland Greenwood. Idaloo versus Wall at the 3A level. That's a classic series in, in <laughs> basketball is. coming over to, uh, to the Diamond. Slayton versus Alpine. That's a fun road trip. <laughs> uh, Floydata versus Sundown at the 2A level. Rawls versus Post. That could be a very good series, and, and that's where I'll be on Thursday. They'll be playing um, those games at Estacado High School. New Deal versus Tahoka. And then at the 1A level, Borden County versus Booker. Borden County already won a game. They won it on Tuesday. Uh, 12 to 1, and they will finish that series Saturday. wonder how that happened. Or, I've never seen them split like that. Yeah, I think just the, the distance between the two schools, um, that they had to get creative. Okay. I, th I think that's what happened, and there's a, there's a significant distance between the two. Yeah, that's very true. But, you know, you kind of put me on the hot spot for baseball and what teams uh, you're kind of looking at to advance pretty far so i get i think it's your turn to be in the hot seat which teams do you think are gonna make a deep push into the playoffs you know i think lovett cooper has that ability um just based on what they were able to show in 4-5a which is a tough league and then running into 3-5a which always has very athletic girls across the board 
uh, Lubbock High really impressed me, and they, they have impressed me all season. I, we didn't know really what to make of them, I think, at the beginning of the year, and they just continue to win with Mariah Garza and Chloe Reed. That's their battery. Garza um, in the circle. I mean, both can hit, and uh, they seem to keep batters uh, on their toes at all times. So I think I'm going to go ahead and give them the, the nod against El Paso Eastlake, and we'll see what happens from there. I think Levelland's got a really well-built team, 21 and 13. Um, Carruvius Cor- 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 uh, from uh, Levelland, the pitcher. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sorry if I butchered that name. Uh, not looking at it right now. Uh, they, she uh, is always a very productive pitcher. Uh, moving down the list, I think Post. You know, Post is a team that we profiled. Uh, at the beginning of the year yeah. as, a, as a serious contender for this. Now, Rawls is no easy matchup no, not at, at all. all. I mean, this is uh, runner-up versus two against Post, the winner of three, which received a first-round bye. So Rawls is a little warmer, and Post has been cool on his heels for about nearly two full weeks now. Never necessarily a bad thing. It could be in other sports, but I think in baseball, the more uh, time you have to finesse certain things, eh, it could bode well for you. But like we were saying, Rawls is no no slouch. They were they made a deep push last year into the playoffs, and although they did graduate a significant number, they've still managed to be very competitive. I think it's just the culture out there. Yeah, but like you said, we did profile posts at the beginning of the year. They made a deep push too. So this matchup, uh, it, it, it's a good one. I like it. And with all that said, we'll let Liz White from Lubbock Cooper break down her own team series versus El Paso Hanks. And joining us now on the Lone Star Varsity Podcast Hotline, it's Lubbock Cooper coach Liz White and uh, the Lady Pirates. I mean, what can you say after handling business in round one? Now they've got El Paso Hanks. Um, and uh, it's always interesting when a Lubbock team gets together with the El Paso team neutral site. You know, it could be New Mexico. It could be, um, it could be Pecos. And in this case, it's uh, Fort Stockton. And, and Coach, just tell me about getting this trip, getting this team ready for uh, a road trip like that. It's got to be kind of fun. And assuming y'all will spend the night Friday, you know, you have seven, a 7 p.m. game on Friday, and then game two will be at 11 a.m. on Saturday. Um, you know, the second round of the playoffs is always something to, you know, kind of get ready for no matter where it is or what you're doing. Um, you know, and a chance to go somewhere, go somewhere a little bit far, farther. Um, you know, you got to kind of bring your own energy because, you know, you know, it's going to be hard for people to make that trip, but chance to go play under the lights, play for that second round, the area championship, um, doesn't get much better than that. Uh, can you kind of break down your series with Randall and uh, how you guys were able to get out of that one? Yeah, um, you know, I think Randall, you know, they've got they've got some tradition there and they've got they know how to win. And um, we saw that on Friday night. They just came out and they played they played well on Friday and um, it took us a little while to adjust to their pitcher, Um, you know, but the girls figured it out. They scored enough to win. And that was our big thing going into the Saturday game is adjust sooner. And, you know, we came out, um, scored, scored a lot of runs quick and kind of jumped on them early. And that was, that was what we were missing on from Friday. And so the girls really, really adjusted well, um, really took what they needed to do and went out and did it on Saturday. Hey, Coach, you know, what really stood out in, in the box score of, of your win on Saturday was 14 runs on, on 16 hits. Can you just talk about the efficiency that this team has demonstrated the past couple of weeks? Um, yeah, you know, that's I'll take that stat any day. Um, 
you know, they just went, they, each one of them went up there and they're going up there and they're being more patient. They're, you know, they're knowing themselves better. What pitch are they looking for when they go up to the plate? And, um, you know, when you have four different girls hit four home runs, you know, they're, they're going up there with intention and they're going up there with a goal in mind. Kind of looking forward and in preparation for El Paso Hanks, what's kind of the scouting report and what are you guys anticipating? Um, you know, we're, we're anticipating a good team. Uh, El Paso Hanks has a has a seasoned coach, a veteran coach, who's going to have her team ready to go. Um, they're fast and they're scrappy um, and they're good at the plate. I think the one thing that hopefully we can capitalize on if we adjust early is uh, their pitching. But um, like I said, that coach is going to have them ready to go. She's going to know exactly what she needs to bring at us. So it's just our job to take that and capitalize on whatever they give us. You know, I think we've covered this, but maybe some people listening in don't know this, but you snapped a 22-year Coronado District winning streak, and I'm sure that had to feel good for, for the players, you know, kind of knowing that no matter what, Coronado was, was going to be in the picture and then, um, you know, staying ahead of them by a game and, and winning the district. How much did that do for your team uh, from a confidence standpoint? Oh, I think, you know, it did a lot. The girls set set that goal from early on. They knew that if they beat Coronado, um, that meant in turn winning district. And uh, that was the goal they just kept. They kept very close to their heart, the forefront of their mind every game, knowing, you know, getting better for Coronado. And then they went out there and beat Ullman. Uh, you know, it was creating their own destiny. And that's kind of that kind of was the theme. You know, once they beat them, they knew they needed to keep that game up on them. And then you, you kind of gave a scouting report on um, Hanks. I'm, I'm wondering, what do you want to see from your team uh, in in this series? Um, you know, I want to see I want to see adjustment at the plate. Um, you know, we talk about softball being a game of adjustment. I want to see early adjustment, learning from hitters in front of them, not learning from their first at bat. Um, and I want to see a tight defense. I want to see a solid defense that you know will when hitters get a good hit, giving the credit to the hitter. But whenever you know they hit it within our range, that that doesn't get biased. Well, this has been Coach White from Lubbock Cooper. Hey, Coach, best of luck down in Fort Stockton and, and have a safe trip down there. Awesome. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, good stuff from Coach White. Very good interview. I like It's, it's going to be a good game coming up, and I think she helped us get a little bit more insight on the Lubbock Cooper program and everything that they've been able to accomplish thus far. Well, we'll transition to regional golf. I know we left you all hanging last week with uh, the recording on Wednesday. We had finished up the boys' golf championships. Got some good news on the girls' side, too. Yeah, uh, for the Class 5A, Lubbock Cooper making their first uh, state berth as a team. Um, we got to speak with the coach afterwards. There's a story online if you want to go check it out. still there. But it was a really came down to the wire there at the end of the day. Everybody's sitting there around the board. and It actually it comes with a lot of excitement. You think golf is such a – it's a slowered sport and it's very tactical in some ways. And you wouldn't think that it gets – that exciting in, in those moments leading up to you know the the medals but every card that came in everybody jumped out of their seats or stood and just walked over to the board and it, it gets your adrenaline going just watching all that stuff coming in and there at the very end when you're waiting for the last flight it's like it it gets you it gets you you do get the excitement I wrote that uh, in my article. I was at the uh, 4A regional where Seminole advanced as the third place team, which was really exciting because Andrews, I mean, that, that school is amazing at golf. Their A team won the uh, tournament, 
and their B team began six strokes out of third place with um, the top three teams advancing to state. They began the second day of the tournament out six strokes from Seminole and then finished day two, still six strokes out of uh, Seminole, but really gave them a push. And I mean, it's really exciting. I mean, we're not talking about the Masters or, or like the U.S. Open or the British Open here where they've got lasers all over the course and can, mm-hmm. you know, the caddies have those handy tools where they can chart exactly how far the ball is from the hole. It's it's very old school, and the best place for a reporter to be at the end of the tournament is right there in the clubhouse watching the scores come in because uh, it, it's not like Jordan Spieth knows how many strokes back he is or mm-hmm. if someone bogeyed a hole and he's – uh, climbing on them. It really is just you having to trust the process and perform at your best and then seeing how the cards fall once you get back to the clubhouse. Yeah, it's it's there towards the end. It can be very exciting. It's it, There's a calm before the storm when the first uh, flight comes in and it, I would highly recommend being there for the, lap, for the final moments, just seeing everything go down. Um, <clears throat> but we have some people moving on. We talked about the Lubbock Cooper girls. Uh, Snyder's Jake Leatherwood, he's going to make it as well. He finished third um, in the Region 1-4A boys tournament. So uh, Snyder will have representation there. And I believe, yeah, he was the only boy mm-hmm. to make it out. And uh, how about the Shallow Water girls? You got to see them, right? No, they were in Baird. Oh, okay. That's right. That's right. Well, they, they dominate it. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. I just them. saw. Yeah. I, I believe Texas Tech signee. Their daughter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Seminole, Snyder girls, uh, I believe they had a pretty good day. Snyder Our girls had a good day. They two days pushed. Uh, ultimately, they did not get anyone qualified. They finished fifth. Um, but Seminole, I mean, Seminole was a team. At one point, the Andrews B team caught up to them, and then they uh, you know, got some good breaks on the final few holes to, to advance. And good for them because they were the state runner-up last year. They're going to have an opportunity to do similar things or even better things this year. Yeah, uh, and state, I believe, is coming up next week. That is correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, for, for guys, and then the girls will be one week behind them. It's got to be fun in practice after you've already qualified for state. You know, I think you, it's a different atmosphere after that. And yeah, I, I imagine, you know, every in track meets at least, and we'll kind of transition with this, but it, making the regionals. The practices leading up to the regionals were always really fun for me and the discus. We play a like a form of disc golf just to keep our arms loose because at that point we're just kind of working on the the small yeah, things. You are who you are at that point. Of the yeah, season. yeah, and uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. You are who you are so at that point. After golfing, did the next day we were at Lowry Field for uh, the uh, four. Uh, the the region won 4a and 5a uh regional track championships and and those were fun especially i mean for lovett cooper on the guy side all came down to the four by four relay at the end of the event and uh they qualified four guys and i mean an impressive stat for them i mean i think i believe they finished this in uh three minutes and 20 seconds of some change they had run a 326 eight days beforehand at the uh, at the uh, area meet and they come and shed six seconds off their time <laughs> and i know that they're excited about what they're going to be able to do with the two weeks leading up to the state championships down at mike a meyer stadium at the university of texas in austin i'd be excited too if you've shaved six seconds off before i mean no one does that i mean that's yeah, that's, that's, a, that's an incredible thing that's just your your day just got that much better when that happens you know and, oh, go ahead go ahead well, Coronado, um, as a team, 
was it came away with a big win um the girl on the girl's side at least and uh it was it was just fun to watch a lot of the races there at the end i think my favorite part of the day is you know the four by four and uh they were able to get a good win there and uh overall uh they finished i believe was it second place Mm -hmm. overall and that's that's no easy task yeah, I mean, you looked at the three five A teams coming down. Your usual suspects, Canyon and Canyon Randall, both very good, especially at long distance events, and they can rack up some points in the field events. Always tough competition. Um, and then you know you've got some surprising schools from from El Paso every single year. Um, so to, to win Region One is pretty good, and the elements aren't always great out here. So when you get down to Austin and closer to sea level, the area players you know just greater west texas they seem to really thrive once they get down there only problem is the humidity yeah the humidity that's but, <laughs> but individually on the girls side i think were the big storylines you know caitlin clardy from Anton qualifies for yeah. five events one first place and four second place events at uh, south plains college at the one one a meet um if she were to win all five of her events she and she's going to be the only representative from Anton there she could give Anton a state championship. All by herself. All by herself. I, I think uh, the winner last year um, scored 52 points as a team. Um, and third place finisher last year, they uh, scored 32. So, I mean. It's, it's possible. Yeah. It's, it's it really very, is. It, it is. Um, and, you know, just picking up points in each one, uh, which isn't that hard, you know, when there are only nine competitors per event at this point. And another interesting, I guess, tidbit heading into it is um, now I'll have to double check this. I believe it's seven on the boys and seven on the girls side. But Abernathy has taken fourteen, or they've ran some fourteen events, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll have something on that coming up. Just because that's a significant number, you know, coming out of a single school. No doubt, superintendents be like, "Oh man, that's a lot of hotel rooms." <laughs> well, you know, the guys are going to have to double up. <laughs> the Monterey girls, uh, eight hundred meter relay. Uh, they're advancing. Mm-hmm. Um, Nini Phoenix from Coronado qualifies in yes. the high triple and long jump. I think Nini Phoenix and Monterey's Braylon Dollars were we, – we already anticipated them making it to the state track meet. And what a good year for uh, Braylon Dollar, not mm-hmm. only in track but across the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, guide at Monterey to the bi-district round of the basketball playoffs, signed with West Texas A&M, had a dream of going to state in the discus event but always kind of fell short in the regional round pushed through with a first-place finish, and I believe she finished second in the shot put, which qualified her for that event as well. Such good events. I mean, I love them both. <laughs> I threw both, so, you know, I can sit there and actually <laughs> tolerate the, the, you know, just everybody running through and getting their throws in. And, you know, it, it was a nice day, the first day out there. It was uh, actually both days were pretty nice. Conditions were good. and But like you said, they are going to be different in Austin. And with that, I think we're going to call it a week. Really excited to get out there for the high school baseball and softball playoffs once again. Golf and track are taking the week off. But it's looking like we're going to get down to Austin to cover the uh, state track meet, definitely. Yeah, well, you'll get to go. But um, also check out the Lone Star Varsity Girls Soccer Super Team that is set to be released on Sunday. We really appreciate you guys listening in, and we'll talk to you again next Wednesday.